What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Tavares here with another episode of the Godly Dating 101 podcast. Um, just want to welcome anyone who may be new. Um, if this is your first time listening, I pray that this encourages you, blesses you, challenges you, um, that you would consider subscribing. You're considering sharing with a friend. For those who are reoccurring, thank you. Thank you for my family. You guys are a family to us. We appreciate the love, the support. Tuning in week after week. I know it's easy to get tired of my voice. I get tired of speaking, <laughs> you know, so I'm just thankful for you guys supporting the ministry. Um, and yeah, let's just dive straight in, man. This is episode 57. Um, I do know you guys are probably going to listen to this later on because it's the Christmas season, Um, but I do want to say happy Thursday and Merry Christmas when that day gets here, Um, when you listen Friday. um, You know, I pray that it's blessed. I know this year was not what any of us anticipated. I know many of you probably thought you were going to get travel with your friends and family and probably you're stuck at home. Um, It's not what any of us anticipated, but we have a reason to be thankful because Jesus came as a baby, but he didn't stay that way. He died for our sins. He rose again. And before I feel the need to preach on the gospel, let's just dive into this episode. <laughs> so today I want to talk about what do you do in moments of weakness? Um, what do you do in moments of weakness? Um, this is not necessarily telling you about how to avoid it. You know, we'll talk about that in, in other episodes, but this is when you are already at that point, you know, where you probably shouldn't have been, you know, you found yourself in a compromising situation. Um, you're entertaining something that you shouldn't be entertaining, um, you know, or somewhere along those lines, you know, so I want to briefly discuss what would you, what should you be doing um, in those scenarios? And I have a few quick points that I think, I, I think are very practical. Um, I'm pretty sure they can help any of you because they've helped me before. Um, I spoke to a couple people and these are some things that other people do as well. So um, first and foremost, I believe you need to find the quickest exit. Um, I know it sounds good in theory, but it's not always possible. Um, People may feel it's not always possible or they may not even want to, you know, and I know y'all, you know, many of y'all, you guys feel super anointed and you want to see how much you can resist the devil because James 4, 7 says, you know, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, you will flee. So many of you, you claim you're resisting the devil and you, you stay around these situations that are very tempting that can get you caught up, you know, but that's not what we need to do when our hormones are raging. Um, when the Bible mentions lust, it mentions running away from it, fleeing, not staying, don't be anywhere near it. When it mentions sin in general, it just say, says resist the devil, you know. But when it mentions things that'll get you into sexual sin, it says you need to run away from it. First um, Thessalonians five twenty two probably says it best. It says to abstain from all appearance of evil. So the moment you even think it can be evil, you shouldn't be there. Um, the moment you, oh man, I'm not even sure what this is going to tend to, but something is just off about the situation. You should not even find yourself there. Like my pastor always says, if sin is on 21st Street, don't walk on 22nd because you're not in sin. No, you go on 95th. Like you go on the furthest thing away from it. You stay far away. The Bible says to abstain from it because even if you don't fall into sin, others may view you as though you're playing with it. That's for one. Two, you may be entertained by it and therefore you'll indulge in it. You know, so our goal as Christians shouldn't be God, you saved me from sin. Now I can do whatever I want. No, it should be God. You saved me from sin. Therefore, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to stay away from the things that were pulling me away from you. And now I'm going to pursue after your presence. I believe that's the mindset we must have, the motivation that 
we shouldn't just use God's grace as an excuse to do whatever we want, but we should be pursuing after the presence of God. You know, so if it looks like you might end up in sin by going to your boyfriend, girlfriend house, yeah, stay out of their house. <laughs> you know, like why, why flirt with that danger? You know what I'm saying? I feel like many times you make excuses. Oh, no, no, no. We're just watching a movie. Um, Yeah. Anyone else going? No, no, no. You know, um, can you guys watch a movie in broad daylight? You know, I'm not saying movie theaters are bad. Um, You know, so please, that was, that's probably a poor example, but you know, so my thing is, you place yourself in a situation whereas you know you two are touchy feely, but yet you're alone with no one around, and it's dark. We are not about to be praying. No, the only the only thing from the Word of God you're going to be quoting is Songs of Solomon, and we don't need that. We don't we don't need that if you're not married. All right, we don't need that kind of stuff. You know, if this person, you know, you ended up following is triggering the lust, or they're bringing back a desire for pornography. You shouldn't follow. The Bible is saying flee from the very appearance of it. You know, so if you even think, and I'm not saying, oh, everything, ah, it just looks wrong, so don't do it. No, 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 no. I don't want to put a personal conviction on you. I may call it doctrine and say it's mandated, but you have to understand that biblical convictions um, are important. And and many times we we obey the thou shouts and the thou shalt nots, but we ignore everything else the Bible is saying because we don't want any biblical convictions. We don't want any personal preferences, but we need them in order to live, set up our lives. Um, you know, so if you're in a place, you know, you're about to make a bad decision, it's important for us to remember that the Bible tells us not to put any confidence in our flesh. And I say that because your flesh will always crave sin. You know, no one, and yeah, many of you are super deep, you know, so every moment of your life, you're speaking in tongues and reading the Bible, but many times you don't want to go to church. Many times you're just not in the mood to pray. Many times you're not in the mood to read the Bible. Why? It's because of your flesh. You love God, but eh, all this stuff, fasting, ah, don't curse at me. That's the F word. You know what I mean? It's like it's so easy to say we love God and not do anything to build our walk with God, you know, because our flesh will always crave sin, you know, and it will always convince us that we're stronger than we think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can hang out two in the morning. You're not going to do anything about except talk about the goodness of the Lord, you know. Um, but the flesh is not telling you that, yeah, you're going to be talking about something that's good and you're going to be laying hands, but it won't be in Jesus' name. You know, so the flesh can easily deceive you. And I'm not saying none of you out there have self-control or that I'm just a heathen waiting for my moment to sin. No, no, no. But we must be mature enough to know that we shouldn't entertain something that's trying to destroy our walk with God. Because your flesh will will push you down the line of sin because it will tell you just this one time. And this one time turns into years of pornography. This one time of having sex with a boyfriend turns into years sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, still not even married. You know, the flesh will tell you, I'll just do this this one time. Everyone else is doing it only to leave you brokenhearted, in sin, frustrated, wondering where God is. Your flesh will always deceive you. You know, so when we read 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says to flee fornication, we have to understand that it literally means run away from sexual sin. There is no hidden meaning to that scripture. There is no, I need a pastor to interpret this in Hebrew and Greek for me. No, when Paul said it, he literally meant run away. Like he didn't mean anything anything spectacular. He meant run. Like, fam, you're in that situation. It's time to run. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 makes it clear to us. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not, uh, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So many of us, we think that the situations we're facing, no one has been there. No, people have been there. 
people have struggled with the same fornication you're struggling with, the same adultery, the same masturbation, the same pornography, the same lust, perversion, homosexuality, many things. People have struggled with these same things, and God made a way out of it for them, which shows me that God can make a way out of it for you. Because if he can change me, he can change you. You know, so we need to make sure we're we're listening to God. When we get in that situation, don't pretend you don't know that, you know, what God is saying. You know, get out of their bedroom or get them out of yours. Don't pretend you don't see God get, making it clear as day. Um, you see the conversation is heading down a, a slippery slope. The things are sounding very sexual. Instead of ending the conversation, when you hear the Holy Spirit nudging you to end the conversation, you keep it going. No, fam, we have to end it because if we want to get away and protect our spirit, protect the anointing that God has on us, protect our walk with God, we have to be willing to take that way of escape. And I'm not saying for those who've fallen into sin, you can't recover. No, but the point is, why why try to rebuild your walk with God instead of just keep building? You know what I mean? Why break it up? Why why make the mistake that you could have avoided? You know, so if they want to pray so bad, they don't need to pray in your bedroom. You know, you guys can pray over Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah, you FaceTime me from over there, bro. Like, because the hormones are raging. You need to be willing to be honest with yourself. You know, the closer that you are to the fires, the easier you are to get burned. That's just common sense. That's nothing deep or profound by me, you know. You know, because it's impossible to flirt with sexual temptation and not fall into it. You know, because the flesh, like I said, is always going to desire more. So maybe you weren't in a situation where you're with the person and you guys are tempted. No, maybe you're just on the phone. No, get off the phone. You know, if you see if you see some conversations getting a little sketchy, stop the conversation. You don't owe them a text back. They're leading you out of God's will. You don't owe them an explanation. Um, you see this thing is getting sexual. Back up. Get off of this conversation. Resume it later on when you two can think properly. And men, when you can think with the proper head. Yeah, I said that, um, you know, so remove yourself from the chat. Turn off the Snapchat when you see the pictures getting sexual. Turn off, get off the explore page when you see that they're suggesting nonsense. Or Instagram even has this feature where you can, you know, hold down on the photo and type not interested. I've had to do that in a lot because I was really confused with why they say based on pictures you've saved or based on people you follow or Instagram suggested. And I'm looking like, um. I saved none of this, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so it's easy to, to get caught up. But if, if the phone is causing an issue, get off the phone, you know. Um, number two, um, these things kind of combine. I'd say pray out loud, pray out loud, reading your physical Bible, you know, so that way you could be off the phone. Um, but praying in your mind is great. And I, I think it's a time and place for everything. But speaking out loud does something to the mind. Um, I don't want to sound like one of those, you know, they call them motivational speakers and you know all those things but the bible makes it clear in proverbs 18 and 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof which means when you speak i'm not saying if i say um the sky's blue the sky's blue but if i say the sky's green the sky's going to shift to green no no no. i don't mean some little stupid hocus pocus type nonsense what i mean is when you speak something, it's something that's because we're spiritual beings. There's a spiritual thing that takes place. There's something that shifts that takes place. You know, you have to be willing to speak the word of God over your mind. You have to be willing to talk to God. And when you're talking to God, you're also declaring it over yourself. You know what the word of God says. So in those moments of weakness, you don't want to play with sin. You want to invite God's presence, you know, so he can give you strength to overcome. Because just because you have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're never going to fall into sin. 
you know, because we have to depend on him daily in order to overcome. We have to continually lean on the spirit of God in order to overcome. And the reason why I said read the physical Bible is because that's something that I told you guys recently that I'm trying to work on. Because when I read on my iPad, which is the easiest thing for me, I have all my translations. Yes, but I still get notifications. You know what I mean? I can put it on do not disturb, but that doesn't mean I'm not tempted to check my Instagram, not check, not tempted to check my email. Oh, okay. Let me see. Somebody gave a rude comment on Facebook. Let me go argue back. You know, it's so easy to get distracted, you know, so pick up that Bible, pick up the actual word of God. And it's just like, God help me. You know, I'm not one to just say open it and read whatever you open to. But if you have to do that, no, nah, man, you just have to do that. You know, you have to get out of those moments where, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed and you have to begin to pray the scriptures over your life. The Bible says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You need to make that same prayer David did, like, God, I am feeling overwhelmed. I am ready to have sex. Um, God, I am ready to masturbate. God, that girl just sent me some pictures that I didn't even ask for. You have to be willing to be honest with yourself and say, God, when I'm overwhelmed, help me, because if you don't help me, I'm going to go through with these, these text messages. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to do that. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 119 and 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, so when you're in those moments of weakness, God is going to be bringing back those verses to your mind that you've studied, that you spent time praying, that you spent time studying, you know, because he's trying to show you that you don't have to yield to your past life, but you can overcome the temptations that are rising. Man, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Like, it's so easy for us to to turn back. It's so easy for us to, to give back into the flesh. But God is trying to tell you, if you fill your spirit with the word of God, it's so easy for you to overcome at that point. So if we want to overcome, we cannot keep making excuses, but we have to feed our spirit because the more you feed your spirit is the more your spirit will live and the more your flesh will die because you have to starve it. You know, so when we declare the word of God over our life, it's good for our spiritual and our mental health. Um, we have to tell ourselves, you know, that I'm going to serve God even right now when I don't feel like it. Like, God, I, I know your word says, you know, I'm a chosen vessel. I'm, you know, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm peculiar. You know, I'm chosen by God. I'm your, your handiwork. I know your word says all that, God. But right now, I don't care to obey none of these verses, and I want to go have some sex. It's so easy to get to that point. But I'm telling you, the more you declare God's word over your life, you're reminding yourself who you are in Christ. You know, so we have to remind ourselves who we are, you know, when we're tempted to fall back into sins that God has freed us from. But before we go forward in this episode, I want to give a special shout out to BetterHelp. They sponsored this episode, and I believe that it's important, um, especially, you know, talking about mental health, because a lot of times we declare things over our life, but we also have to be willing to address things at the root. Um, you know, and BetterHelp is a resource that I'm telling you guys about because I believe that Christians should be willing to address certain trauma, certain issues you know, certain family problems that, you know, we try to mask and over-spiritualize. No, but you need to, you need to address that. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You know, they're able to connect you in a safe and private online environment. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. You know, I want to emphasize that just in case you feel as though I don't want to bother somebody. No, at any time they can be contacted. You can set up a phone or video calls as you may desire. You know, so if you're somebody struggling with stress and anxiety, you know, depression, anger, they're there to help you. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, but they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're feeling burdened down, I want you all to enjoy a more blessed life, a more stress-free life. And as one of our listeners, when you do join BetterHelp, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com godly. 
join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Godly, G-O-D-L-Y. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The third practical thing that you guys should be doing when tempted, um, and you're in one of these tough situations, is to bust open and listen to some good old worship music. I know that sounds like, uh, how, yeah, how does that work? I, I know it sounds a little crazy, you know, but hear me when I say this. It's very difficult to desire sex when you're singing worship music. <laughs> it's like, if you're thinking about that, bro, I don't know what to tell you. If you're in, what, if you're in the middle of, of some Travis Green song and you're over here still thinking about, thinking about sex, man, you need some deliverance. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not making fun of anybody because I know how the circle gets real. But it's easy, you know, to desire sex when you're listening to the songs that's out now. It's easy for me to think about that WAP when I'm hearing about a song talking about WAP. It's easy for me to to, um, want to have sex when I'm hearing about a guy singing a song to a woman saying how he wants to lay her down and do all these things. It's so easy to desire that. Many of us, we don't understand that the reason why our sexual um, urges are so out of control is because of the trash music that we're listening to. You know, and then we ask God, God, why would you give me these desires? And God is like, um, well, I gave everyone sexual desires, but you're the only one who can't control it because of the nonsense you're feeding your spirit. You know, so it's so easy for us to make excuses, but we have to be willing to say, Hey, um, I need to play something that's going to remind me of God's goodness. And I want to mention this um, this verse because many of us, we, we probably don't know it, um, this 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 story. So I do want you to read up on David um, and how he became king. But in 1 Samuel 16 and 23, it says, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. You know, and it's so easy to read that verse and just look like, wow, David was so anointed that evil spirits left from people. Um, I want to make this clear to you. It wasn't just random people. This is King Saul, somebody got the man who God allowed to be king and he had the spirit of God. And because of his disobedience, the spirit of God left him. Right. So now it mentions that God sent an evil spirit to him. God sent a spirit to torment him. God sent something that was going to be a problem for this guy because he decided not to lead the way that God wanted him to lead. And the moment David played, David ended up playing, I don't know if he sang any words, but the Bible just mentioned he played the harp. So all he did was play an instrumental. And the moment he played the evil spirit that God was the one who sent, the moment God sent the evil spirit and then David played, the evil spirit backed away from Saul. It stopped tormenting him because of David's music. I don't know if you guys understand how powerful that is because you you could be facing depression right now, facing 
a battle with some type of addiction, pornography, lust, perversion, um, any type of issue, you know, going on in your life, some anxiety. And the moment worship music reaches your spirit, God is able to shift something in the in, in your home, in your family, in your life. You know, so we see that he was constantly being tormented and God was the one who wanted him to be tormented because of his rebellion. You know, and the only thing that seemed to bring a peace was because of music. You know, so many of you, you're in a moment of weakness. And I know it sounds weird saying, man, I want to have some sex. Let me go turn on Donnie McClurkin instead. I know it sounds weird to say that in theory. But when you hear the, the the like the old time hymns, or when you hear a Donnie McClurkin singing "Holy," and all you could think is, "My God, a holy God decided to come in flesh and to be around me to save me, to save us who He knew would reject Him, to save people He knew would know Him, serve Him for two weeks and then backslide and then say they're atheists." God knew all of this nonsense, but yet He loved us, you know. And then you know, so 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 many good worship songs that are out there. That remind us of God's goodness. And it's up to us to remember that it's because of God's mercy that we're not consumed. It's because of his love for us that we're alive. You know, so I want us to remember that, you know, when we're tempted to, to turn away, um, turn tempted to turn back into sin. No, turn on some gospel music, turn on some some good Christian music, because there's a lot of trash Christian music out there, and it's no disrespect to them. I know they're trying to make money and provide for their families, but they're just uplifted, uplifting, they're not really Christian. But anyways, <laughs> music definitely will heavily influence your walk with God. You know, so if you want to feel the presence of God, man, you have to get some godly music going on around you. Turn off whatever is feeding that lust. Listen, I'm not that Christian that's going to tell you all secular is bad. But please understand that everything has an impact on you, whether it's good or bad. But it's all going to have a, a, a spiritual effect on you, you know, so. If something is feeding into your lust or sadness or whatever, turn it off and turn on something that's going to benefit your spirit. That's going to push you to seek after God, you know, and I know many of you, you may not know who to listen to. Um, you can definitely reach out to me if you have Apple Music and I can forward you my playlist um, if you want any suggestions. But a few people that I listen to, I guess, off the top of my head, James Wilson, William McDowell, Kara Shear, Travis Green, Maverick City Music. You know, those are some of my favorites. I listen to a lot of people, but those are some of my favorites when it's like I want to pray. So I'm not saying those are the only people I listen to, but it's like when I want to pray, those are some people that I know that have some phenomenal, you know, worship music. Todd Delaney, um, All Nations, you know, one of my boys goes to that church. Like they have they have a lot of good, you know, worship music there, you know. So it's it's important, you know, to feed your spirit. The fourth practical thing I'll say is turn to godly friends. I feel as though I feel as though people don't understand how important accountability is. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 17 that iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. So the fact that you have a godly friend around you is a blessing. You know, if you don't know any, you need to be one to someone else. You need to pray for God to send you godly friends. That was something I prayed for for over a year, two years. And God surrounded me by some great men of God that could correct me, that could encourage me. That could, you know, support me, you know, whatever, be there for me when I needed prayer, you know, but I only had one mentor growing up. My parents were spiritual, but, you know, I, I didn't really care to bring up, you know, problems like lust with them. Um, but I had a mentor that would be able to correct me or tell me how did he overcome certain things. You know, it's so important to lean on people. 
you know, many of us, we have friends that actually overcame the same sins we're currently struggling with. You know, so we have to understand that we're one body in Christ. So we have to lean on one another. Just you may be the hand and I may be the foot, but I can't say I don't need a hand and you can't say you don't need a foot. We need one another. We have to depend on one another. You know, so we should be able to strengthen each other, you know, when temptation is setting in. And I believe that too many Christians are ashamed and, you know, they're battling in silence. You know, they don't, you know, we're so independent. We don't want to, we don't want to bother anybody or we don't want to tell people, you know, and I, and partly I get it because I, I know that there are judgmental people in church. You know, honestly, I wish that wasn't the case, but in reality, that's still no excuse to avoid accountability. You know, how you think people would judge you isn't your problem. God is the only one. God is the only one that's going to be able to deal with those hypocritical Christians that pretend, you know, they don't sin. But we can't neglect community just because of what we think people are going to say about us. Like I told you guys on a podcast before, I remember one time I was talking with this young lady and the conversation was just, man, it was just it was just a lustful, you know, and and I wrote up a long message in order to reach out to her, like, you know, said to her, like, hey, man, we can't be friends anymore because this is just this is just horrible for much, you know, for our walk with God. It's not going to work. Um, and I wrote out a long caption explaining, you know, since talking to her, what I've been what I've been dealing with, what we've been falling into. And then I made a mistake and copied and pasted that as a godly dating 101 um, caption some years back. It was the most craziest thing. Hours later, wondering why so many people kept messaging me saying, I'm praying for you, don't give up, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, what? You know? <laughs> and then I saw my caption under my post. This, this is way before the page was as big as it was. Um, probably only like 100,000 people at the time, but still 100,000 people reading your post saying how you're dealing with lust and you're running a page, you know, called Godly Dating. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. And I quickly changed my caption, but I did post after thanking people because I realized um, I was so afraid to say I was struggling because I have a platform. I was so afraid to say I was struggling because people looked at me for advice. I was so afraid to say I was struggling because I didn't want to look like a hypocrite. But in reality, the moment I admitted I was struggling, people were there to support me. And I know I lost followers. You know, I know people were just like, ah, whatever, hypocrite. I knew something was wrong with them. I know people judged me, but it was the fact that I exposed myself. Well, God helped me expose myself. Didn't even know. And then people were there for me and people were messaging me with prayer, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that showed me many times it's just in our mind. It's the devil trying to stop us from getting our deliverance. So he forces you to stay in silence. But the moment you speak out, the Bible mentions that he who confesses his sin and forsake it and forsakes it will find forgiveness. You know, so you can't just try to avoid sin. And God is going to forgive you. No, sometimes it requires leaning on people. You know, the Bible mentions in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So God is telling us that we have to find ways to build one another up. And that's the reason why church and community and small groups are so important, you know, because this is what being a Christian looks like, not judging one another, but restoring one another, telling each other how they're going to be able to overcome. And last and certainly not least, and, and and it's not even to be a joke, but if you don't know how to avoid certain situations because it's reoccurring, you need to block them. You don't need to check on them in three weeks to see if they're doing good because, man, I shouldn't have blocked them. No, you just need to block them and remove certain people from your life. Um, certain people are going to 
you know, I, I don't think it's always appropriate. Let me make it clear to simply cut people off because we can't control ourselves. But I think it's foolish when we think we can handle lust and not harm ourselves. You know, if, if it's a, a pattern, not something that happened one time, but if it's a pattern, you must be willing to let it go. You know, because many times we allow good memories to confuse us and cloud our judgment and lead us right back into the very same thing we just asked God for freedom from. So be willing to block who needs to be blocked in order for your soul to stay in God's presence, in order for your your spirit to stay in God's will. You know, so it's so easy to to do everything that I mentioned before, but yet keep falling into it because of that soul tie. But some people you need to block. And I, I, I've spoken to some people personally who's always coming to me about advice about the same guy or same girl. Block them. If you don't have a way to communicate with them, you cannot keep having sex with them. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just plain as day. And, you know, y'all know I keep it real. But I'm praying that, the you know, these practical steps help someone because I don't want to make it. I don't want to over-spiritualize things. I think church over-spiritualizes things. And that's the reason why people don't know how to find freedom. You know, so I pray that that's the those things encourage you to seek God and those things encourage you to stay away from sexual temptation and all types of temptation. But it's a godly dating page, you know, so this is the reason why I focus more on, on lust in this aspect. But these can re- relate to many different aspects. Don't feed into things that are coming to harm your spirit. The only thing I ask for those who are still listening is that you be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share this with a friend. If you're able to and you don't mind, screenshot this and post it in your story. Tag the Golly Dating Podcast or Golly Dating 101 page so we can communicate with you. If you got, you know, if you have any questions or suggestions for podcast episodes, please reach out and send them to us. We would love to interact with you guys. Um, you know, leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. I say that all the time. People ignore it all the time. Leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, and last but not least, click the link in the description box if you would like to support the ministry, either through Patreon, you get exclusive episodes, and you get to join the community where we do live Q&As. We're going to start our Bible studies next month. Um, you get merchandise, discounted merchandise. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll be seeing more of Safa and I and Little Zai if you're inside of Patreon. So we love you guys. I pray that you're blessed. Merry Christmas. And see you next Thursday. Peace.